Welcome back to South Florida Sunday, Sharina with you. And today I'm joined by Dr. Michael Casper, who is the medical director of radiation oncology for the Lynn Cancer Institute. And he is also at Boca Raton Regional Hospital. Today we're going to be talking about head and neck cancers. Good morning, Dr. Casper. Good morning. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Um, so I'm so sad to say this, but I don't really know anything about head and neck cancer. So you're definitely going to be filling me in as well. Um, how common is this? So head and neck cancer has become much more common, uh, especially in the past 10 to 15 years uh, with the development of cancers associated with the human papillomavirus. Um, so are there different variations? Uh, what's the most common head and, and neck cancer? So traditionally, you know, many years ago, it was mostly related to smoking and alcohol use. Uh. And we saw a lot of head and neck cancers of the vocal cords. So men who and women who had smoked for many years would become hoarse, and we would examine them, and we'd find a small head and neck cancer of the vocal cords. That was the most common. But we also saw some cancers of the tonsils and of the base of tongue and other areas of the head and neck. Now, with the human papillomavirus, which um, is very, very common, everyone is exposed by the age of 2022. 20, Probably 95% of people have exposure to this virus um, now, um, the most common are tonsillar cancers and uh, base of tongue cancers. These are part of the oropharynx, and those have become much more common. Uh, it takes probably about 40 or 50 years for these to develop. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe not 40 or 50, let's say 25 or 30 at least from the virus. So it's you don't have to worry, you know, when you're... It, you know, at 20 years old and you're told you have this virus, but about 20 to 30 years later, you're at risk for developing this from certain types, certain varieties of this virus. And that's why we're seeing more and more of this type of head and neck cancer. So you think that it like it maybe uh, lies dormant and then eventually it exposes itself like when you're when you're older? That's correct. You know, fragments of the DNA are found uh, lying dormant in these areas and various changes happen over many, many years from these virulent uh, strains of this virus, and um, it can cause cancer in certain people. So there's been like a movement to kind of get the HPV shot. Uh, does that uh, lower your chances of developing head and neck cancer in the future? It completely and completely eliminates. Just completely. Like with with uh, cervical cancer and anal cancers, it, it would completely eliminate HPV uh, cancers because it blocks the certain strains, HPV-16, for instance, Mm -hmm. It uh, eliminates these strains from causing infection. So that's why it's so important for people to get these um, vaccinations at a very young age. It will completely eliminate these cancers. What are some signs and symptoms that you may have uh, head cancer or neck cancer? Well, in the past, when people developed vocal cord cancers, it was usually, usually uh, hoarseness. But we don't see that as much anymore. Most commonly now, people develop a neck lump, uh, so a mass in the neck. Uh, usually it's painless. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it will be a persistent sore throat or difficulty swallowing. That's another sign that you should have uh, yourself evaluated. Someone should really take a good close look down down their throat and uh, make sure there's nothing going on that looks suspicious. Do you suggest like periodically um, having just a doctor in general just look and check out those areas as well? Well, usually when someone visits their uh, primary care physician, they will examine the neck for lymph nodes and sometimes and usually look in their throat. So I think that if they have regular follow-ups with their primary physician, those areas should be covered. 
Um, so let's say that they happen to develop the head cancer or the you know the neck cancer. What are your treatment options? So there there are many treatment options. Uh, the standard would be chemotherapy and radiation, and it's highly curative. Unfortunately, oh. it's a difficult treatment yeah. um, to undergo. You know, usually it's several weeks. Uh, you have chemotherapy and radiation together, and it uh, is is difficult. But after several weeks of treatment, uh, people heal up, and usually they make a full, complete recovery within a couple of months, and they're completely cured in probably 90% of most cases. Oh, wow. Uh, Let's say someone is kind of afraid of getting radiation. Are there steps that they can do before that? Well, there, you know, there's education and, uh, you know, showing people what, what to expect and, you know, telling them how to avoid the worst of the side effects. Fortunately, some of the newer treatments that we have have been able to really reduce the toxicity. Uh, And there are other ways to manage the toxicity uh, during the treatment as well. So we've got many, many effective strategies at getting patients safely and, and, and comfortably through the treatment. But the radiation is pretty much the best uh, overall. Right. Radiation uh, is, is usually the, you know, the most important portion of the treatment. Chemotherapy is usually given along with it to make the radiation more effective as well. We've been very actively looking at ways to de-intensify the treatment over the past few years. And there are a few strategies that are sometimes employed to do that. Um, but we're, we still haven't been able to completely eliminate the use of radiation and chemotherapy. Oh, I understand. Um, and of course, one of the best places to get your care and treatment is the Lynn Cancer Institute. Uh, can you kind of walk me through what a patient would experience when they come to your facility? Yes. Uh, in head and neck cancer, you'd see uh, one of our physicians at the Lynn Cancer Institute, and we would evaluate you in our clinic. Uh, we would discuss the treatment and come up with a treatment plan. Uh, if radiation is part of that treatment plan, we'd undergo uh, what's called a simulation mm-hmm. where we map out the tumor, and usually that entails a, a CAT scan and sometimes an MRI. We map out the, the lesion and map out all of the normal structures, those structures that we want to avoid or make sure those areas that get a minimal dose of radiation to try to minimize any side effects. And then we um, go over the best way to treat it, the best dosing and the best uh, regimen to do that. And we have uh, many types of different technologies, radiation machines that deliver radiation in various ways. We have access to proton therapy, which can sometimes eliminate exposure. We have uh, a new MR Linac, uh, which allows uh, continuous monitoring while um, getting the treatment so we can see the area being treated the entire time mm. and that allows us to really shrink the fields and uh, treat less tissue so that allows us to minimize toxicity we've got the cyber knife the cyber knife also allows us to monitor the treatment during uh, or monitor the tumor during the treatment and usually we're giving much more intense doses over uh, shorter periods of time to small tumors So uh, we have all of the latest and cutting-edge tools to really give the most effective treatment. Yeah, pretty much. You have all options. I like that. But this is uh, completely uh, preventable, right? You said if you can get the HPV vaccine, then you won't even have to really uh, consider this in the future, really, right? Well, most most head and neck cancers today are related to the HPV uh, virus. Uh, we still, on rare occasions, will see people who uh, have developed the cancer from smoking and drinking. So uh, it is completely 
uh, all of the cancers that are related to uh, HPV and from smoking and drinking are theoretically preventable. Uh, you know, if you avoid tobacco uh, and drink minimally, uh, you won't develop these. Now, there's some genetic features. Mm-hmm. Uh, some cancers develop from genetic alterations, and, you know, those are extremely rare, but they happen as well. But the vast majority of head and neck cancers are preventable. That's correct. Dr. Casper, thank you so much for joining me today and letting the audience know just how preventable and treatable head and neck cancer really is. Uh, let's say someone listening right now wants to make an appointment with you um, or visit one of your facilities. How can they get in touch with you? Uh, calling the um, Lynn Cancer Institute would be the easiest way. Uh, we can call 561-955-4111 and set up an appointment. Uh, that would be the easiest. And for those who are driving, what about a website? Uh, yes, drrh.com, uh, or just type in the Lynn Cancer Institute. That will take you right to the website, and all the information should be accessible there. And once again, thank you so much, Dr. Casper, for joining me today. You're very welcome. Thank you.